we just got my sophomore and my eighth grader planners, like mm. little. And so I have a master planner, but we meet on Monday together or even Sunday night. And I'm mm. like, all right, this is your plan for the week. This is what I'm expecting. And then they fill in their little planner for how That's they're cool. going to break that up the week during the week, which I think is such an important skill. Families with Dash offers a balanced parenting approach from generations of tried and true methods combined with research and insights from today. I'm Amelia Murdoch, founder of Dash Into Learning, the popular education company and homeschool mom of four. And I'm Joan Landis, licensed clinical mental health counselor, mom of seven adult children, and grandmother of 16 and counting. And I happen to be Amelia's mom. So what are we going to talk about? We want you to get the benefit of our decades of clinical experience and real life in the family trenches. We offer unique and actionable insights about family life, marriage, and homeschooling. Join us on Families with Dash and become confident and happy parents. Hello, I have a really fun guest today on the show and I have been looking forward to this for a long time. My sister, my older sister is in town for Thanksgiving and we had to do a podcast together because she is an incredible homeschool mom of five kids. She has tons of knowledge and I'm going to let her kind of introduce herself a little and the topic. All right. Thanks, Amelia. It has been such a fun week here. I'm about 40 years old and I have five kids and my oldest just graduated and got accepted to a college in Utah. And I guess what I wish I had had when I was starting out or in the middle years was someone kind of coming back from the other side saying mm. like, it's going to work. And here's yes. kind of some things that I'm glad that I did and some things that I let fall by the wayside that I thought were really important that ended up not being so important. So yeah, so I think this is super relevant. I have people asking me all the time this type of question, like what happens when you were in high school and what happens for college? And my perspective is not quite there yet. My oldest is 10. So I'm interested in this as well. So and I think so often in in most spaces, whether it's health or anything, we get the beginnings of people kind of in crisis online. Mm. And sharing their thoughts or when kids are really, really cute and like, mm. you know, posing for the pictures. Yeah. And we don't get a lot of, you know, 10 years later, 15 years later. Like right. I have a friend who her she's had two babies born with like this craniocystosis or something where like they had to go in and basically resurgically put together her child's skull. Mm. And there's a lot of stuff online for, you know, moms who are freaking out about it when they're babies. At the and, beginning. Right. And then there's like no one coming back and when they're 21 and being like, oh, yeah, everything's fine. Because almost all the time it's completely fine. Oh, wow. And she's like, I should probably get back on those forums and now say, that my kids are 10 and say, hey, you know what? It's, you're going to be great. Yes. So, anyway, all, we all need that. That's kind of, yeah, hopefully what we can do here. So her oldest just got accepted to a pretty competitive school that she had been been her goal for years and years. So that was pretty exciting. And I think that's one of the things that I'm glad that we did is we took her to that school. We talked about our experiences at that school because that's where we met. And just we loved that education that we received there. There was even like a traveling presentation kind of thing, like a, anyway, that she got to go see people from that school kind of recruit and talk about it as well. She likes learning. So, I mean, I don't think every single person in the world needs to go to college. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But she really likes that. Yeah, it really depends on what your goals are. Yeah. yeah. So, but we kind of fostered that goal. I mean, I'm not ashamed to say like For that sure. was something we really wanted her to do because we had such a good experience there. So we started out with that and kind of 
aimed her that way. And yeah. So like how early did that start? Cause I realized I had a conversation with my almost eight year old and she was like, they don't just let everybody into the school. Why don't they let everybody in the school? And I was like, oh, I guess maybe we should explain this. Like, how early should that start? My nine-year-old yesterday was like, Mom, how many PhDs does the average human have? Uh, <laughs> that is hilarious. We need to have that conversation, too. Um, okay, so what we probably right when she was 10 or 11, um, we kind of said, all right, so these are the things that happen at college, and you're going to really like it, and these are the things that you're going to want to study in order to, to go there. Um, so should we just kind of get into like what we yeah, did? Yeah, All right. Sure. So in, when she was in getting into ninth grade, I kind of made this whole huge transcript with a big old checklist that was going to line up with our state's high school, everything. And I think I checked off two things. I just never mm-hmm. looked at it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like spent of, all this time. Yeah, it's kind of embarrassing. I just kind of redid it every year based on like what her needs were. So trying to sit there when she was 13 and go, all right, this is everything that's going to happen. That kind of is more work than it's worth because she's such an individual. And that's the joy of homeschool is like you can tailor it to what they are needing and what um, they're doing. So with her, she had started in Saxon when she was Saxon math, when she was in first grade, I mean, kindergarten. And if you do that, you start Saxon one in kindergarten by the time they're in, I think fifth grade, they're in the seven, six. And then in sixth grade, they're in the six, seven. Mm-hmm. No, I think they're in like pre-algebra. Oh my gosh. They're just like ahead. Yeah. They're like two or three years ahead. The problem with my sweet oldest child, because I was a little naive, I didn't realize that she had been getting like checked up on very well in the math department. You were just like, do the lesson. Yeah. I'm like, I have four other little kids. Like, I'm just, you're a good kid. I'm going to trust you. You're going to be fine. Just so everyone, kids are kids. They're just, there's human nature involved there. And it turns out like about two years later, we realized she was had some really bad habits um, math-wise, and we had to kind of go back and do two years of remedial stuff. So between probably ninth and 10th grade, there was a lot of extra like reviewing and working on stuff because we had not been super diligent. I mean, that's so good to hear that like, hey, we've been through this stuff. Not everything is perfect. We had to go back sometimes. But like it still worked out like that's So I think great for moms to hear. Yeah. And we even I knew that she was really struggling and just hating it. Like it took her three or four hours to get her math done. I was like, mm. oh, OK. So we switched her into a different math curriculum for a couple of years. I mean, now that I look back, I'm like, that was such a saga. And yeah, but it turns out. So finally, she and her dad sat down on a daily basis, like in his office. He works from home. And he just took her under his wing and um, made sure that she was getting the work done, getting checked. So he would almost just sit there with the correction book and Mm -hmm. just go through each one. And when she got done, he instantly told her if it was right or wrong. So I think that really helped her mentally because, you know, nobody wants to feel like they're really bad at something or that they're hiding the fact that they don't know something. You know, like if your child can't read or something, it's like such a relief to know that and then work on it. So do something. That was her. Eventually, she got some really good um, ACT prep stuff, like, you know, online. Yeah, I mean, so much of getting into schools for homeschoolers about the test. Totally. Because so many schools are like, we can't look at the grades because you don't really have them. Oh, yeah. Your mommy gave you an A. Good job. Like, yeah. So that is huge. So I guess I'll just tell that story really fast. We waited until her senior year. She's kind of a young senior, so she was still 17. But we were like, okay, it's finally time to get around to taking her ACT because, you know, we had 
down a couple years of remedial mm-hmm. math. And she took it in October of 2021. Mm-hmm. And she was trying to apply for college. The deadline was December 2021. And so we had a solid eight weeks, maybe 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. And um, other people that she knew took the test the same day. And right. they all got their scores back within two weeks. And hers did not come and did not <gasps> come. And she had everything else done for her whole application, all her essays and everything and letters of recommendation, but we still didn't have this ACT score. And because of you're a homeschooler, yeah. it's so important. They yeah. just don't look at transcripts as seriously. Even with the pandemic thing, there were a lot of schools saying, okay, okay, don't, t- if you don't have an ACT score, we'll still look at you. But as a homeschooler, even that, yeah, they we just couldn't it. get around it. So she did not get her scores in time and did not make it to that application deadline. And, and this just, was the fault of the ACT. Yes, testing. completely. <laughs> Crazy. And they wouldn't even open a ticket to look at the problem until after, after. the, yeah, yeah, like they had this window of, of time that they were like, nope, we're not going to care about you. And so they finally figured it out. They, they, they're like, well, we have a record that she was actually there doing the test. Oh, thanks. And we don't have her score. And I was like, well, uh, at least it's not like she got in trouble. I was kind of like, did she do something to fill out a form wrong or something? Yeah. It's like, no, she was there. We just lost it. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh. So she had to retake it. Thankfully, they gave us a free ACT test. Right. <laughs> We're like, oh, the least you I could know, do. I know. It's like when you get sick at a Chinese yeah. place and they're like, here, we'll give you a coupon for more food. You're like, nah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't want this. So she missed the first deadline. Absolutely. Yeah. So she could not be an incoming freshman in the fall. And that was pretty devastating at the time. Right. Because... Right. Yeah. Everyone kind of thinks this is what we're doing. All her friends were going to leave and all everyone knew what they were doing. And she's like, oh, my gosh. So she had to take it one, again. And then I don't know if, if you take it again. She did take it. She took it. Score. She took it twice because yeah. I don't know if you're 40. You don't know this because this was not a thing when we were taking our ACTs. But they do something called a super score now where if you get a great score on your English section, but you bomb the math, you can take it again and get a great score on your math. And even if your English doesn't improve, they will take your highest scores in each section. There's four sections. Yeah. But to not have it on. Oh, yeah. I would have retaken a five. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm like, it totally rewards awesome. people with time and money. But yeah. Um, yeah, so it's an interesting strategy if you want to go that route. And we a little bit did. So she got a good overall score. And I think also by applying for the winter semester it's a little less competitive. it's a little less competitive yeah, yeah. so a, i think that gave her a window and, and then it gives her more time to save money so kind of looking at this and i think that's the benefit of homeschooling is your whole life has been a little bit outside the box and so you can kind of find these outside the box things and how they're beneficial yeah it's almost more like a holistic education we're like all right, right what let's look at everything going on in your life yeah and also roll with the punches when weird stuff happens. For so sure. yeah. So what's your daily schedule for high schoolers look like? So for high school, at that point, they should be pretty independent. But again, not completely independent. You have to check up on them, mm-hmm. as we all learned. It will go like they wake up and we'll, our big meal of the day is breakfast. That's when all of us are guaranteed to be together. And so that's when we'll do like our devotions. And then I'll just kind of release the older kids to their own spaces, either their desks or go work with their dad. But they have probably two or three hours of like literature study. Mm-hmm. Our favorite thing that we've done in middle school, upper middle school and high school has been the Veritas Press Omnibus mm-hmm. program. Um, that is just some really great books and some great study of those books. Things like Herodotus 
histories mm-hmm. and great classics like Pilgrim's Progress mm-hmm. and um, just neat things like that. So we have been super grateful that we found that and we didn't do every single book yeah. as in depth as sure. it's calls for, which is one reason why I would maybe not recommend the online self paced or, or anything like that because they insist on every single thing. Uh, and yeah, we, it's just a lot. Yeah. It's so much. So yeah. we pick and choose, but we do quite a bit of it. And it's been fun to watch them fall in love with like the, you know, Cicero or mm-hmm. Plutarch or Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And it's been fun. Okay. So they do a lot of that. Um, then there's pretty intense math. It usually mm-hmm. takes them a couple hours to get through their Saxon yeah. lesson. I mean, my eighth grader's in pre-calculus right now, so right. she definitely yeah spends a lot of time doing that. <laughs> a little bit. I think dry. I asked her. I said, "So how's school going? What are you doing?" She's like, "Oh, I do a lot of math." I was like, yeah. "What else do you?" She's like, oh, "Mostly math." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so that's obviously her focus. <laughs> yeah, I think she's really good at it. Like she gets everything right. She just takes a long time yeah. to do it. So, yeah. so I she don't know. Spends a lot of time on it. Yeah. Which frankly, I'm like, okay, learning how to pay attention and stick with. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's so many, so many benefits. To yeah. It. That could be music. It could be, you know, language, whatever it is. I like them to just have fewer things and go really deeply on it. Right. And have like a really solid skill that they've developed. Right. Um, then they all, so there's a really great writing curriculum that I've loved for high school. It's um, the writing and rhetoric from mm. Classical Academic mm. Press. That's been fun. That's nice because it's not quite as intense. Yeah. It kind of holds your hand a little more. It's really interesting. Really interesting. They like to learn about whatever the subject is that week that they're writing about. And I think that's. Yeah. So she my sister told me about the I had been looking all over on these different Latin um, programs because I think Adrian is a little bit more classical. I guess she would say you're like a classical. Definitely. Schooler. I'm more of a Charlotte Mason, but I think as I got to high school, it might turn a little more classical, but they're, they're pretty similar in a lot of ways. They really are. So she pretty much teaches classical stuff anyways. So what was I saying? Oh, I was saying I was looking for Latin curriculums all over and I was like, oh, I should ask my sister. I guess she's been doing this for a while. And cause Charlotte Mason, you're supposed to start Latin in fourth grade or year four. And she told me about this program from classical academic press which i literally had never even heard of this company and we love latin so if you're looking for latin it's so great because it has a variety of things like the workbook it has a reader it has really fun cute videos but it also has more traditional kind of a lecture video and it also has online games like it's like super comprehensive and it has all these chants and my like three-year-old runs around singing these chants all the latin you know conjugations of nouns and everything and it's adorable and my oldest she really responds to music and so anything that's set to music she just like it's there forever and so that's been really really awesome for her yeah so we've loved that we definitely did latin yeah for years um with these older kids we got to and i don't know if this is a total testament but just i'm just being real here um we went through a couple different iterations of different curricula mm. but we finally found classical academic for latin? Press. yeah, latin, yeah. Okay. and then so we made it through i think their sixth maybe we were in their seventh year and all three of us so it was my oldest daughter my oldest son who's about three years younger than her and me and we were all learning latin together and mm. By the sixth or seventh year, I think we were like, oh, this is so hard. I don't know if this is completely worth it. <laughs> so either I didn't lay a good enough foundation mm. because we were switching around a lot, or I personally as a teacher probably needed to put in a little more 
summer prep right. time. Get, I had studied a lot of, of French mm-hmm. as a high schooler and college student. So I think that helped a lot. It kind of gave me a, a structure to hang things from. I almost from. feel like at a certain point with Latin, with any language, it's like you kind of need a tutor who is proficient. Not that who can explain like this is why this little right. weird thing is happening. Even if it was just an online tutor once, you know, once a week or whatever, I don't think it has to be really expensive. But in high school, I can definitely see how that would be beneficial. Yeah. If you're really wanting to push these languages. Right. And so at that point, I was like, okay, how about if you just pick a modern language and <laughs> just mess around with it for a little bit? Because we've done many years of this and I think our relationship is more important than <laughs> these Latin words right now. Yes. But they, it's, but okay, so I will say, Eleanor, my oldest, I was like, you're done. You've done, you're a senior, go live your life. I'm not going to make you do any more Latin. Mm-hmm. With my son, I just pulled out my old copy of Wheelock's Latin and restarted him. It's like a college level textbook, but you start from the beginning and you feel amazing because you're like, wow, I know all this stuff. Right. Because he had that foundation there. And I'm just letting him do that on his own. And I'm just talking to him about it. So that's been a massive review. Yeah. So literature, math, Latin until you die and (laughs) late, late high school, maybe, which makes sense because like there's only so many electives a state requires. Anyway, if you're in a state that has those requirements, you can make it through two years of Latin and be fine. It's great. Yeah, so then your schedule. So you did the math. The math is after lunch. Okay, so this is an interesting thing. There's definitely that quote from Mark Twain, apparently. Yes. It's like, if you have to eat a frog, eat that frog first thing in the morning. Mm. And if you have to eat two frogs, if that's your job is to eat two frogs, eat the biggest frog first. Mm. And I kind of lived by that for a long time. Like, do the hardest thing first. Get up, do your devotions, make sure the kids are fed, maybe go on a walk, and then hit that math really hard. Mm. Did that for years. That's how I grew up doing homeschool as well. Like do that math, do the hardest thing first. But now I kind of emotionally and mentally, I feel like then you kind of a little bit dread what you're waking up to do. Is that weird? So (laughs) it's like now we a little bit layer, we make a little sandwich out of stuff. I'm Mm -hmm. like, all right, what's your favorite thing? We'll do that first. Hopefully it's something short. So for a lot of my kids, it's writing. For Mm -hmm. one of my kids, it's not at all. So we've had to tailor that a little bit. So, cool. but you can once they're older, if you're a mom and you've got like only a six-year-old, yeah, you, this just must blow your mind. But eventually <laughs> they can do it themselves. You say, okay, yeah. what do your favorite thing first? Do your next, like your hardest thing next. Mm-hmm. Well, you're still kind of fresh, but you're not like, you kind of know, dreading it. Take these lessons and kind of, yeah, sandwich them like you're saying. Yeah. We just got my sophomore and my eighth grader planners, like mm-hmm. little And so I have a master planner, but we meet on Monday together or even Sunday night. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, all right, this is your plan for the week. This is what I'm expecting. And then they fill in their little planner for how they're going to break that up the week during the week, which I think is such an important skill. Yeah. The skill of, I I don't, once you go to college, they expect that all of a sudden. And most kids are like, what? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, here's kind of your syllabus for the week. I mean, in college, it's like, here it is for the whole semester, but I do it weekly. You break it down. Yeah. And then they have to figure out how to do that. So I think that is great. It's just a life skill, whether you go to college or not, like learning how to amazing life skill, plan your time, plan your responsible for science. We've basically just done like Khan Academy Mm. online. Mm. I haven't done that, but I know a lot of people that do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally fine with that. There's a lot of, if you're aiming, again, if you're aiming for college, a lot of those 100 level college courses are kind of introductions to Mm. whatever it is. So you don't need to have super in-depth. Right. It's like they're going to go into that. Right. That's what they're going to, they're going to cover it much more quickly. Yeah. If you have that little, that base. Yeah. It's nice to have a base, but I am not like all about teaching major science from third grade on. Yeah. 
we just have some fun with it. And then in high school, they do Khan Academy. What else do we do? We did Chinese for a couple of years with mm. a tutor. Talk about hard. Um, yeah, that was <laughs> hilarious. I don't think any of us remember anything from that. But it was good because, again, what does language do? It teaches you other people have completely different systems. Oh, for sure. For doing, like, Chinese has no pronouns. Yeah, just the cultural broadening. Yeah, of like, your... and it works great. It's worked great for them for thousands of years. Yeah, just understanding that. They don't have, like, verb tenses, like future past. Oh, wow. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And so what it did for me is now I have a number of Asian friends and when, especially the older ones, when they don't conjugate their verbs, you're I don't like, get annoyed now. I'm like, sense. oh, I know why you're not doing that. It's ho- it's great. It's not a thing. Yeah. I'm like, oh man. And I also really want to learn your language. It's so <laughs> awesome. But we just couldn't make that happen long term. That was kind of when COVID was around. We were just like, all right, we'll just let's add something get crazy. Yeah. So history, that kind of happens with Omnibus. So Omnibus with the literature. Is, yeah. So history, you hit. Omnibus covers literature, history, there's writing assignments in there. It does have a lot of theological education. If that's your thing, Mm -hmm. you can kind of skip it if you want. Mm -hmm. So that covers a ton. And then you're just left. It's omnibus. It means all, it holds all things. Mm -hmm. And that's what that word means. And so it covers so many wonderful things. So basically, if we, if we only had Saxon math books, our omnibus curriculum, and then the writing book that I use, even that we could live without. One other thing that I am glad I started when they were young that helped them a lot just in writing and in life and especially on the ACT, it made the ACT English section like a walk in the park, was um, studying grammar and good mechanical like writing skills. And there's lots of different curricula for that. We happen to really like the Michael Clay Thompson books from Royal Fireworks. Yeah. I think they're pretty. What's the brain side that like is all about colors? and um, shapes it's supposed to be right side of the brain the right side yeah yeah so my oldest daughter is very if that brain science is still correct i know I like whatever i mean you know but yeah that's the idea so it gives you a framework for how to relate to people okay <laughs> and it is more right side and yeah. that's why i like it too so if you've got kind of a more artistic kid you're like you still need to learn how to write that is wonderful it definitely i think gets more rigorous and into the left brain side once they're in middle school and high school but yeah, it, the grammar is so yeah important for the testing yes absolutely you have to just be able to do a lot of different things with that you know nouns and verbs and adjectives and so did you do anything for do you focus on things that are like extracurricular so it looks really good on the application or, I you know what I mean like yeah oh, my kid needs to do this crazy amazing project in the community like was that a thing or you're kind of like you know what I mean <sighs> what did you How did that go? Yeah, I wish I was more like that. I mean, my son loves like Boy Scouts. Mm. We took a break from that a couple of years ago. We Eleanor had amazing piano lessons for several years, like at our the Shepherd School of Music in Houston. They also do like leadership within their church. Yeah, they definitely have youth leadership experiences. I actually am looking at this like being a homeschooler especially through high school, like 100% homeschooling is really unique. I mean, that if you're looking for diversity as a as a college admissions yeah. officer, that in and of itself. Just is, being a homeschooler. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I think schools are looking for diversity, inclusivity in all different things. I had someone tell me like, oh, they're going to stop. By the time your kids are going to college, they're going to stop with the testing altogether. And I'm like, I don't quite believe that. So I'm going to keep teaching my kids so that, you know, they can pass a test that, you know, do well in the ACT if they need to, because I think that's not going to be happening. But applying 
kind of doing outside interesting things is also yeah be a focus i think as a homeschool family or a mother just a mother of a human you can't get so hung up on like what's this gonna look like on my college admissions like just do things that you love Mm. do them well Mm -hmm. and then when they're 45 they're still going to have these great memories and these great skills and a good outlook on life i think it's just like that's the that's one thing i think that's so great about homeschooling is that it really teaches kids that like education is a lifetime thing and because it's in the atmosphere of our home basically and it's like it's not just going to stop when you you know you're not going to stop reading literature because you go to college you're going to major in the sciences it's like no this is all one related thing and we can continue to do this and it can make life just so much more joyful I think absolutely like we don't stop serving because yeah. we got into college and we don't right. need to like press help anyone people. exactly yeah. so it's like you're if always- it's part of your life then it'll permeate and help with whatever college you want to go into right and even if you don't get into college that joy of finding something you love your little niche mm-hmm. your little tribe your little people mm-hmm. and uh, making connections is going to last the rest of your life the, those skills and the joy so did you focus on any scholarships or anything? You're just like, let's just get into the school that we want to get into. You know, was that a focus for you? I think it probably should have been. Mm-hmm. The particular school that we're going to is privately endowed in a way. So it's like the prices aren't super high. I think that's why it's competitive. Right. Because people like this is a really good value. Everyone wants to go there because it's cheaper. Yeah. So it's it's not like, you know you're saving 40,000 a year on a scholarship getting into this school expensive. getting into the school is kind of like getting a scholarship because yeah, so it's not that's as expensive kind of been your focus yeah so there's that but i think um i mean it's a little bit unfair for instance in texas there's some deal like if you're in the top 10% of your high school class graduating mm-hmm. class you're instantly accepted to the texas any texas public mm-hmm. college mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're also eligible for more scholarships, of course. So I think there's got to be someone out there who's really good at like helping people With that are homeschoolers. Yeah. Yeah. That's not me. No. <laughs> I'm not there yet. <laughs> I know. So part of me is just like, and once you get into college and if you get good grades, usually they'll give you a scholarship after that. Yeah. So you kind of focus on that. I just think we can get so hung up on like the year that they're 17 or 18. And it's like, look, it don't make this an hourglass. Like it has to be what I mean is like a bottleneck for their life. Like mm-hmm. if they don't get a scholarship as a freshman, maybe they'll get one as a sophomore. Yeah. Like it's totally fine. So I don't know if or it's like if they don't get into school, they wanted, maybe they can transfer if, later on and it's not, you know, yeah, the end of the world. Absolutely. There's so many options now for college and education. Yes. So, yeah. So focusing on the joy that, this little individual that has in your life and what they want to do has been good, but also just saying, no, like, I know you don't love doing math every day, but you will be glad. It's just going to only open doors for you. Yeah. Like you have those standards in your house of Mm -hmm. like, Hey, we do these subjects, but like, Hey, let's figure out how to make this work for you. Work out the schedule, look at different curriculums, but it's definitely not a do whatever you want and hopefully it works yeah. out <laughs> yeah we're not running a fraternity over here or a <laughs> yes. sorority yes well cool i mean i think this has been an amazing conversation and i hopefully there's some practical tips there for parents that are thinking about high school or in the middle of high school and if you have any questions anybody you can send them to me go down dash into learning on instagram or email me and i can always ask her any questions and she can answer 
She'll be in Texas, so I don't know if she could be on the podcast again. Sad. Well, we'll have you again. But I can always answer any questions. So if you have any, just let us know. Happy to help. Okay, thanks. We'll see you later. Find more from us at dashintolearning.com for all things educational and learn more about Dash Into Happy, our family-friendly social-emotional learning program. Thanks for being part of Families with Dash. Disclaimer, the information and advice posted on the Dash Into Learning, Dash Into Happy, and Into Happy sites and podcasts is for educational purposes only and is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional, medical, legal, or other professional assistance. Call your medical or mental health professional or 911 for all emergencies. Joan Landis, Amelia Murdoch are not liable for any advice or information provided on the account Dash Into Happy, Dash Into Learning, Families with Dash, or Into Happy.